On today's show, we'll be following up on our Duke's frozen chowder discussion from last month, why beef may not be the biggest problem for climate change, restaurants we've tried recently, expansions for Copperworks Distilling Company in Tutabella, industry news and upcoming events. You'll hear it all on the Seattle Dining Show. Hello, this is Duke Mosgrave from Duke's Chowder House, and welcome to the Seattle Dining Show. Coming to you live at the Test Kitchen Studio high atop Queen Anne Hill, it is time for the Seattle Dining Show. Join us as we explore news about Northwest restaurants, take a look at upcoming events, discover new kitchen tips you can use at home, dive into great recipes, and much more. And now, here's your host, the senior editor, Connie Adams, and whoever else just happened to drop by today. Welcome to the November 2021 Seattle Dining Show, number 2111. I'm Connie Adams, Senior Editor, and I'm here with Tom Marin, publisher and owner of Seattle Dining. Hello, fall. Fall is here indeed. We can see the colors from the All the, the cutted leaves and the wind studio. and the rainstorms and oh, the atmospheric yeah. rivers of rain. The cyclone bombs. <laughs> the rivers of rain. I like that one. Although I have to say, whatever that was a couple of weeks ago when we had that huge windstorm, that was pretty exciting. Yeah, that was really exciting when my power went out for 21 hours and I was praying to God that my freezers would stable would yeah. be stable. In olden days, they wouldn't have, but no. you got some new equipment in that kitchen. Yeah, yeah, my freezers and my fridge came through it okay after 24, 21 hours. I only opened the fridge once, and that was to grab the bottle of wine. <laughs> Well, there are priorities. Yeah. Well, you know, otherwise that was going to go bad, so. (laughs) Waste not, want not, telling you. Speaking of waste, it leads right into one of our discussion items today. We were uh, recently out for breakfast at a kind of a diner sort of place, and their thing is to offer just a ton of food. We'd been there before, but it had been several years, and so we thought, oh, you know, we, th- we thought that was pretty good, and, and we knew going in, I mean, I ate off the senior menu, I, I knew that it was going to be a lot of food, but it was really astounding how much food was on each plate, pancakes that overflowed the sides of, the, yep. of a regular-sized dinner plate. Um, it was astounding how much food didn't get eaten, n- uh, and then how many customers went home with a box of food. Yeah. There was a couple across from us with a new baby. I think they were both hungry. They ate their main dish, which was like some kind of an egg dish. Mm-hmm. And that was big, but they ate it, but they didn't touch the the other plate with the three pancakes on it. I mean, oh. it, it was just Did they even take the three pancakes home? I think they did. Yeah. But my guess is, you know, maybe maybe this maybe they're a young couple, obviously a young couple with a new baby. They may not have a ton of money, and so that was another breakfast for them the next day. It's amazing how how much food was left behind on the majority of plates and why a restaurant would choose to continue to basically over-serve customers' food Mm -hmm. and uh, and, uh, eat it on the profits, you know, because if – if I could get them to cut down how much food they put on the plate, they'd walk away with a bunch of money in their pocket. They could charge the same amount. They're not a high-priced place. Yeah, and you're not in business to be selling people a second meal yeah. to take home when all you're doing is selling one meal anyway. 
You know, the other thing you just said, overserve. And, and when I hear that, I think of alcohol. Mm-hmm. But you know what? The reality is food is just as evil as alcohol if you overdo. You're causing diabetes, heart problems because you're yep. overweight. And, Killing your customers one meal yeah. at a time. And we are talking about breakfast, so consequently we're talking carbs, a lot of carbs, sugar. All those potatoes, just white potatoes. Ugh. And a lot of uh, dishes came with whipped cream on them. Yep. And, yeah. you know, so, so uh, any one of those plates would have been over 1,000 calories yeah. minimum. Yeah. Most were probably about twelve to 1,500 calories on a plate. Mm-hmm. Well, you're not supposed to have 2,200 in a day. Yeah. So like 800 calories for a plate full of food? Now, that's about right. I had a sandwich yesterday. It was 780 calories, oh. which is, you know, for a sandwich, but I'll, I'll, only on the only other thing I had with it was grapes. So, mm. uh, but yeah, it's just crazy, crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um. To sort of wrap up this thought, one of the things I noticed when we were there was there was uh, some people visiting town, and they were at a table behind us. And when they came with the pancakes, one woman was just like, oh, my God. I mean, she sounded – to me, she sounded appalled, but that might have been what I wanted to hear. But (laughs) she was just stunned at the amount of food. And when they got up to leave, they'd been chatting with with the wait person. And as they parted ways, she said, okay, see you tomorrow. So apparently on their trip, to town, they were going to start every day at this place. Yeah, because it's actually in the town where it is, and we're not naming it, um, uh, it's actually one of the only breakfast places in the area. There are other places. But, but, but of course, you could eat at your hotel. Yeah. There's some good food. Yum. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, but it was just, it's, you know, people haven't made that switch to I don't need all this food, and seeing a ton of food on a plate does not mean it's good value, you know, or good for me. And then that puts people into an immune-compromised situation. Yeah. So they get to booster shot before I do. That's not fair. Well, you just better start eating more food. They overeat, and they get their booster shot before I, who (laughs) undereats. Oh, or who you, eats moderately. I was going to say, I'm not sure you undereat, but yeah. you, you eat well and moderately. Yeah. Um, last month, we were talking about Duke's Seafood Grills having started a frozen chowder line that's at Metropolitan Market, and perhaps others now, but that's the only place I've seen. Hopefully others soon. Yeah. So I tried to get it, and it wasn't set up the day they said it was going to be, so I don't know, a week or so ago we went, and they did have some. I picked out the classic chowder, and you picked out the Ragin' Cajun, which I think was just a corn chowder, right? It wasn't clam? Uh, I, thought, I, I thought they were all clam. I think it had a little chicken in it. Oh, okay. I think it had some kind of protein in it, but okay. it wasn't going to be a meal for sure. Yeah, and these are supposed to – they're fifteen ninety nine, supposed to be a serving for two. Personally, I ate mine all at once, and that was my entire meal. Oh, you overserved yourself. Well, I guess. Probably calorie wise <laughs> I did, but I didn't eat anything else. So So, um and what did you think? Uh I liked the raging Cajun. I didn't have the chowder yeah. that you had. I was not crazy about the chowder, but to be honest, that's not the one I get when I go there. I always get the lobster mobster. Yeah, that that's the one we were looking for, but they we're out of it already. Yeah. Um, and I liked. I did have some raging Cajun with you, and I thought it was good. Yeah, it had a little heat. Mm-hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the list of ingredients was remarkable. 
<laughs> it was remarkably long. And, and it had a lot of preservative-type things in there, and I just don't think they make it that way at the restaurant. They don't. So they probably had to take their recipe and hand it over to a packaged food consultant. This is just my theory. Mm -hmm. And that person had to put in all the additives. And uh, I think what I'd like to do, you have the Duke's cookbook. Yeah. I'd like to take the Duke's cookbook, cook up, one of the soups, mm -hmm. and then uh, freeze it in eight-ounce portions. Yeah, and just see how well it lasts. Yeah, and, and see how much better. You know, you could do – then we could do a, a comparison. So now we're just part two of this uh, discussion. So maybe yeah. we're going to have a part three where we do a, 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 a comparison tasting. Yeah, an A-B. Maybe we should do it blind. Yeah. We'll call Stevie Wonder. <laughs> And he'd be like, I hate chowder, man. <laughs> I'd call Helen Keller, but it's too late. <laughs> She'd be like, I didn't know I was blind. I'm sorry. I've never seen her house. Neither has she. Neither has she. Old <laughs> jokes. Old jokes. Hey. So um, interesting stuff we've been reading about beef lately. Um, Dukes is back in the news on this one, too. I had just done um, an article which is temporarily up for the October issue about the Climate Pledge Arena, and they are using Royal Ranch beef out of Royal City, Washington. Yep. And it's because they've done a – I'm just going to put these words in the wrong order – net carbon zero. Is that right? Something like that. Yeah. Beef. They're raising beef. Carbon net, net zero. Carbon net zero. So um, Climate Pledge is using their beef because – Executive Chef Molly Demers is saying, you know, not eating beef isn't the total answer. It's eating it responsibly and sustainably, and that can be done. So that's mm -hmm. what they're doing at Climate Pledge Arena. And then shortly after that, I got an email from Dukes saying, you know, they didn't say this, but they used to get their beef from New Zealand. They're, it's grass-fed. Yep. Um, and, and ship it over because it left less of a carbon footprint than trucking it across the U.S. But – They've changed their tune now that they know about uh, – well, I don't know what changed their tune, but they well, – Probably what changed their tune is they're struggling with, with getting oh, enough yeah. beef because shipping. all the shipping lanes are slowed down. That's probably it, which is a wonderful thing for us. We weren't crazy about that grass-fed beef at Duke's, but now they're getting it from Royal Ranch yeah. as well, and they're thrilled with it. So we haven't gone down and had a burger yet, but we'll have to do that. And I, you know, we've 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 discussed this on the show before, but for anybody who hasn't heard us babble about it, uh, grass-fed beef has a terroir just like wine, mm -hmm. and and where that terroir is changes the the makeup of, and the flavor of the beef. So uh, we're not crazy about New Zealand. Uh, uh, what is it, um, Sauvignon Blancs, mm -hmm. because they're too grassy. Yeah. And we're not crazy about lamb or beef from New Zealand mm -hmm. that's grass-fed because it's too funky. Yeah. It's too gamey. But uh, locally sourced grass-fed beef we're, we find to be pretty tasty. Mm -hmm. And lamb. And, and way better for you. Yeah. Yeah, same thing with lamb. Yeah. So um, then we got a thing from Renee Erickson who's not talking about Royal Ranch, but she's talking about how – you know, she's got a um, 
restaurant that's all about beef. Mm-hmm. And so she's doing whole animal butchering, getting uh, beef from local suppliers, cattle raised on pasture vegetation. She probably can't get any from Royal Ranch. They, they've got to be. They're probably sold out. I would think so because I'm sure they've been working on it a while, but they, I, doubt, I don't believe they've turned their entire operation over to this yet. So they probably do have a, you know. I'd never heard of them before all this. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad to know they're there. Yeah. One of Renee's things, too, is she's saying that cattle, and I think Molly was saying this, too, cattle is part of a healthy ecosystem, if done right, because they walk around and they punch everything down into the ground, and that's uh, mulch and fertilizer, and, and it just renews the ground. And so, you know, if if done right, it's it's when we went to feedlots and tried to feed, you know, a gazillion people and fed them all on corn to fatten them up faster, that's when things go bad. So the trouble with corn is it takes an awful lot of energy to plant, to harvest, to break it down, to prep it, to turn into grain, and there's more of a carbon footprint in doing that than having a cow go out and eat grass, which is the natural way cows are designed. They Mm -hmm. are not designed to eat corn. In fact, if they do eat corn, they'll probably throw up for the first, like, I think it's first six or seven weeks because they have to adjust their digestive system to processing corn. And believe me, they're not talking to each other later and saying, listen, I really hate this throwing up, but it is so good, it's worth it. They're not saying that. (laughs) No. (laughs) So, and speaking of uh, eating, let's talk about where we've been eating out. All right, where have you been eating out? Uh, about a month ago, we went to Queen Anne Beer Hall. I met a group of people at Queen Anne Beer Hall. That place has been there a couple of years, and I have never been there, and I live on Queen Anne. So um, I think the pros and cons, the cons are really on your side. It is like – it is a beer hall. It's not like a beer hall. It mm-hmm. is a beer hall. Long wooden tables, everybody's sitting together, lots of TVs. We were there at lunch just as they opened, so it wasn't loud, but I cannot even imagine during a game what that would be like. You would never you wouldn't be within three blocks of that. Yeah. But I gotta tell you, I thought the food was quite good. And it's beer hall food, you know. I had a um Reuben sandwich, I think. Uh-huh. And uh it, it came with sauerkraut, and I said, I'm not crazy about sauerkraut. Can you put it on the side, and I'll try it? And he said, sure, but it's got a ma- it's made a believer out of me. So I said, okay. It was good. I took it off the side and put it on the sandwich and ate it. So they make it there. So, you know, I, I was impressed with it. Hmm. And then you and I met some friends and went to the watershed. I hadn't been there in years. This is at Northgate in Thornton Creek area. Yeah, you can actually watch the new rail line oh, yeah. rolling through. If, you know. Good place to go by yourself so you have something to do. <laughs> um, you'd been there more recently. Um, I was just eh, – eh. it was also really loud. Yep. Um, I thought the service was okay. They weren't knocking my socks off or anything, but they weren't annoying me. Um, but the food didn't – It didn't, didn't do anything. Do for it me. for me. You know, they make pizzas, lots of pizzas. Yeah. I had their soup. way of making pizza, and it was so-so, you know. Yeah. So. I had some soup, which was fine, but it wasn't anything great. So that was kind of – and then I was with some friends, and we – after we went to an art museum, we went out to the Mountaineering Club at the Graduate Hotel in the U District. And I had been hearing about this, you know, when they opened, I don't know, several years. It's like it's been two years. This is the one up on top of the hotel, right? Yeah. 
great view and all this. Um, $30 martinis. 17 I think. 17 yeah. okay. Um, yeah, I had one drink and a small quesadilla, which was really quite small, and it was $35. And, mm. and you know, they, they're making it like a cool thing. There's a little place downstairs that anybody can go, and kids from the district – this is what they say. All the kids from the district are there having coffee. They weren't. They were all upstairs drinking, and it was louder than hell. Mm. It was a windy, stormy night, and yet some people went out on the outside patio to eat. So the servers were going in and out of the door, which wouldn't shut. So somebody who was sitting at a table there was up and down about every two minutes shutting the door. And finally it opened up and a big gust came in, blew a picture off the wall, oh, wow. and the glass shattered on the floor. Oh, Lord. Which just added to the noise. So it wasn't, uh, you know, I'm glad I went because I really wanted to see what this was about, but I'm not going back. Yeah. Yeah. So, and And – and it was all young people up there. I think that's where the students were. So the whole thing about students being downstairs was, you know, made up. Hmm. But hmm. So then we went uh, down to Belltown uh, across the street from the atmospheric bubble of <laughs> Amazon. And we had dinner actually several times at the Victor Tavern. And uh, what did I like? I liked the prime rib. You know, that I didn't. Was really good. Victor Tavern. I wasn't expecting prime rib on the menu, and mm-hmm. and it was there, and we split it the first time we were there, and oh my god, we were both just like, "How's he cooking this? Because this is amazing." It was buttery. Yeah, buttery good. So if you want to know how he's making it, better check in with Seattle Dining on the November issue because he's going to do our chef's kitchen column. Ah, good. And it's going to be about the prime rib. Awesome. So, yeah. Awesome. So then you'll have a nice recipe for the holidays. Exactly. That's sweet. We thought it would be great there to run go. that now. And then uh, we went over and visited some friends in Leavenworth, and uh, man, were those salmon in the Wenatchee River. Oh. Were, wasn't there a huge volume of them? Boy. It was beautiful, and the sun was coming down, and you could see them. So our friends took us over to the golf course up by Lake Wenatchee. Which we didn't even know existed. Yeah, didn't even know it was there. And a little restaurant called Flowers, F-L-O-U-R-S, Flowers. And uh, my goodness, that was some of the best food I've had in ages. And it was interesting, too, because part of the reason they call it Flowers is they make all their own pasta. And everything on the menu is a type of pasta. So you kind of think that's what your meal is. But like you had gnocchi with a blue cheese kind of sauce, but it came with a filet, and the filet was three that or four was the ounces, start of the show. four ounces or something. I mean, it yeah. was plenty. It was a full. It was a full protein. He serving. served that filet and then he uh, baked it in the oven. Yeah, it was quite good. Mm. Yeah, it was really good. Uh, and then I, I did a recon because I thought maybe you and I and the friends would go out and try this place out, but I had to go check it out myself first. And so I went to Tian Fu in Northgate. And, uh, and where was that again? It's, okay. it's in Northgate uh, across the street from the mall uh, in the building where the Target and oh, the okay. Best Buy yeah, yeah, are. Yeah. And uh, there wasn't a lot of people in there when I went in, and I had lunch, and it, it wasn't very – I didn't think it was very tasty. I had a, a Hunan chicken, mm. and I 
I'm always on the lookout for good Hunan food. Oh, I thought it was just, Szechuan you wanted. A Szechuan, that's right. Szechuan. I'm always on the lookout for the good Szechuan. And, uh, and that was very bland, I thought. Uh, mm. No one asked me uh, if I wanted a one-star, two-star, oh. three-star. Uh, it was clunky because the wait, wait person didn't want to get near the table. Oh. Uh, so everything had to be done with barcodes, QR codes. And, and then, amazingly, I left my credit card behind. <laughs> because she didn't bring it to me when she brought me my check, and I didn't check for it. And so oh. I just moved on with my day because I kind of wanted to get out of there. And so I had to go back and get the credit card the next day. And when I went in... Uh, it was a whole lot of Asian families in there. Oh. So, you know, a lot of times they say, well, if an Asian restaurant is any good, then there will be yeah. a bunch of Asian families in there. So I guess the Asian people like it. It just didn't do it for me. You know, one of the things, too, is that maybe I'll go without you sometime because you don't probably want to go again. But sometimes it's what you order, you know, or sometimes I think there's a little – uh, judge, judgment going on, like you look like a middle-aged white guy. Let's not give you any serious heat. And oh, is that know. what they do? They look out from the kitchen. They look over and they go, "Hey, see that guy with no hair on his head? Don't <laughs> no, put I'm, a lot of spice in his food." No, I'm just oh. wondering if the server didn't ask about what level you wanted because they just made it. Oh, they decision. just assumed. I don't know. I'm making it up, but mm. I don't know. I don't know. All I know is one day I went to. Um, is it Thai Siam on Fifteenth? Uh, Standalone yes. building, yeah. Yes. I went there, and I almost always get a three-star anywhere I go. So I said, yeah, I'll do a three-star tonight. Oh, my God. It was like a ten-star. They do not dumb anything down for Americans. Hmm. It was really hot. All right, we're going to take a little break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about what we're cooking at home and what we're drinking at home. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by... Salty Seafood Waterfront Restaurants. Visit them on the water at their Alki, Redondo, and Portland locations. Hi, I'm Julia. I live in West Seattle, and I just want to give a shout-out to La Rustica, one of my favorite Italian restaurants in West Seattle. Hi, this is Chef Mike Jordan with McMinimins, and you are listening to the Seattle Dining Show. We are back on the Seattle Dining Show. I'm Tom Barron, the publisher and the founder. <laughs> and I'm here with Connie Adams, the front of the house and the senior editor. And the only ever real full-time employee. Yeah. Yeah. Full-time contractor employee. <laughs> yeah. In case the tax people are listening, <laughs> I am a contractor. So anyways, what you been cooking at home? Well, you know, we've talked numerous times about how much we love a bit of taste Queen Anne Olive Oil Company that's, yep. that's in my building. Well, I've started working with Debbie Franz, the owner, and we've been pumping up the number of recipes that they have online. Mm-hmm. And she does a thing called Flavors of the Month where she has a olive oil and a balsamic that she's featuring for the month. So I've been helping her find recipes and test them out so we can put them online. And the first thing I wanted to talk about was, was one of those that I did for her, 
and it was a sweet potato appetizer. So it's kind of a it, – you slice sweet potatoes and um, put a little olive oil on them. You slice them like scallop them? Uh, just thin slice, quarter-inch slice. Thin slice, slice like, like, a, like, a, like a big fat barbecued potato chip. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So it's a little – it's a base for the uh-huh. rest of the stuff. And it has um, rosemary olive oil on it, maple dark balsamic, goat cheese, which instead of using plain, I used uh, Laura Chanel orange blossom honey, which mm. I thought was really good. Mm-hmm. And then it has – I put a little mandarin orange segment on it and then some pomegranate seeds on top. Yeah. Turned out good, didn't it? Yeah. Is that what we had last night? No. No. Oh, well, that was the cheese. We put it on crackers last yeah, night. Yeah, that was good. No, I did it when your sister was here. Oh, okay. Those. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Okay. She was crazy about them. She's already asked for the uh, recipe, so. She's going to come to Seattle more because she gets fed well when she comes yes, here. Yes, and I think she enjoyed that. <laughs> the other thing that I, that turned out well was what I did last night, and I had a couple of chicken thighs, so I – um, both brined them and then marinated them, and I marinated, marinated it in lemon olive oil and champagne vinegar with some shallots and lemon, and let that sit for it was not very long, actually an hour and a half. I might, I might have done a, a longer, but I lost control of my day. And then I, this is our new favorite thing, I pan fried them and got the skin. It was bone in and skin on. Got the skin crispy and then put the pan in the oven yeah. and finished cooking in the oven, finished roasting in the oven. And then it was a butter, wine sauce. Um, what else was in there? Uh, oh, I had about like Marsala or Lemon juice. No. Oh, it was okay. white wine, lemon juice. You thought um, about putting cream in, but you didn't. And I didn't because I had the butter. And I was just thinking more. It's not that I don't think you can do both, but I was just thinking calories. Yeah. Um, there was another, oh, chicken broth. I put a tablespoon of chicken broth in. Um, and it turned out really good. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah. I'd do that again. Yeah. We're going to put that up, um, in the November issue as one of our recipes. So. Did you remember to take a picture? You probably can get one somewhere. Oh my gosh. I didn't. Unbelievable. (laughs) Unbelievable. It's my job. Well, let's see. For me, uh, we just were talking about flowers up in Leavenworth and the guy, the way the guy did the steak, and then you were just talking about the chicken. Mm-hmm. So I did some uh, beef. No, they weren't beef tenderloins. They were filet mignons. Yeah. And uh, and I put the probe into one of them. So what I did was I seared them up first in the pan, and then I put a probe into the biggest one and stuck them in the oven to roast. Bake, whatever you call it, mm-hmm. um, and got to use my air fryer or my oh. or my convection oven. Oh yeah, to do it, and uh, pulled them out, and they were just lovely, tender little things. They were things. good. They, they were, were really good. So, and you uh, just did a dry rub on those. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. Yeah, just a little salt, pepper, probably paprika, brown sugar. That was that. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, I really enjoyed them. Yeah. Hey, you know, I have a sugar question for you. I'm trying to cut back on sugar. And as I was looking at brines for chicken the other day, and you look at all the brines and like your normal brine that you make, sugar is in all of them. Okay. Is that a 
Is that a bad thing or does it not absorb? not going to take that much in. It's just going to sweeten up the outer layer, but you're going to dump most of it down the drain. Okay. And if it really does bother you, use erythritol instead, yeah, of, instead of sugar. Yeah, okay. Um, and I see people talk about, well, you know, uh, uh, brown sugar is healthier for you, honey is healthier for you, all this stuff. And it's like, well, guess what, folks? They all have the same glycemic load. So uh, as far as your body goes in terms of consuming sugar, uh, it, it wouldn't matter. Um, but, what you, you know, use. I use maple syrup. That's an alternative. Mm-hmm. But again, same glycemic load as regular sugar. So, yeah. But I I like the, the little essence of the maple syrup over regular sugar. So like when I make my, co- my cookies, I put oh, yeah. the maple syrup in. Yeah, just a little more complex, a little deeper. So I'm working on a fall dinner right now for us to enjoy with some friends, and I am sourcing it all through my Andrew Vile True Food Cookbook. Mm. So we're going to have a little butternut squash salad to start things off with, and then we're going to have a turkey bouillonnaise. Mm. And oh, we'll probably break the stride at that point and get into the chuck and a cheesecake for dessert. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, the next night after that, I got to cook again. So I have found a uh, a keto uh, lasagna recipe. Mm. So we're going to have salad and keto lasagna and Alden's ice cream. Mm. Yeah, that sounds delish. That's going to be two nice little fall dinners. Yeah, Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. All right, let's talk about wine. All right. you know, for some reason, I'm having a blank out on where we got this or when we got it, but it was an Alexander Valley Vineyards 2018 Cab Sav from Sonoma County, and it was $24. Um, and, of course, because we're so cheap, I'm thinking, did we really buy that? I don't remember where we got it. I don't either. Somebody might have given it to us. Um, in any case, you were kind of thinking it was woodier than most cabs, but you thought it tasted like a $60 bottle of wine. Yeah. It, it had was, that depth to it that you don't get in an yeah. in, inexpensive bottle of wine. Yeah. And I, I like the complexity of it because it, it had an earthiness and a leatheriness, but you got the fruit still, mm-hmm. which, which was really nice. We both really liked it. So that's $24. It. It's Alexander Valley Vineyards 2018 cab, 24 bucks From Sonoma. Then we tried an Airfield Chardonnay 2020 Yakima Valley. Um, and we just were sipping it. We didn't eat it with food. Um, you thought that there was something that you called quirky on the end. And I have to say I agree. It's like – And you know first, what I think that is? Hmm. I think they put some semillon in it. Oh, maybe. Semillon has kind of a, yeah. a, a bad, uh, sappy end on it. And I think that's yeah. what it was. Although we just tried one in Walla Walla that we both liked. Mm-hmm. So you never know how it's dealt with. But – um when I first tasted it, I actually thought it was corked, and then I realized it was a screw top and a 2020, so it was unlikely. But um, I've liked other Airfield wines. This but one you just put didn't. a corkscrew through it anyways, didn't you? Just for, yeah, just for the heck of it, because I like using them. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Someday you'll know the whole story. So, All right. Shall we move on to News Bites? Yeah, we're going to go into News Bites here. Okay. Um, you can keep up with News Bites as they happen by reading the News Bites column um, at seattledining.com because we just talk about a few things that jump out at us. One of the things that jumped out in the last 
several weeks is that the Mariners have leased the Pyramid Brewing Building across from the stadium, and it's a 23-year lease. So they're going to build an indoor-outdoor event space to accommodate up to 800. The restaurant will be able to seat 250. They're leaving in place the brick walls and wood columns, and they're hoping to be ready by the All-Star Game in July 2022. Wow. So yeah. no more pyramid, right? It won't be pyramid running in no, no, anymore. Or? They're gone. So huh, I wonder out of there. Gee, I wonder what the theme will be. Baseball and beer? <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I'm just guessing. <laughs> Hope I can get a hot dog there. <laughs> Grass fed from Grass-fed. Royal Ranch. Right, Wagyu. Eleven teen restaurants who own Mamnoon and Embar are expanding to the village at Totem Lake with a place called Hanoon. It's opening late this year or early next year, 120 seats. During the day, this is kind of a trend I'm seeing right now. During the day, it's a cafe, and they're doing retail sales. When the pandemic hit, they started um, you know, selling some of their spices and things they use at the restaurant. Uh-huh. So that's what they're doing. And at night, it's a dinner destination. It'll be a night market? No. No. That's okay. Yeah, that would be cool, though. You know, Village at Totem Lake has several other people in there, all of whom I can't tell you right now, but that's a little place that's kind of opening up right now, the Village at Totem Lake. Is that where the the cafe – what's the Italian place? Oh, the – not Racer. um, Yeah, not Cafe Racer. Oh, my God. We've only been there. A hundred times. Yeah. I don't know. It is not. It's not. It's I, not the same area. Okay. I could be wrong, but I'm in my mind. I'm. I'm not even going to say it because I don't know where I'm talking about. Um, the New York Times published its 2021 restaurant list that focuses on the rich mosaic of Cafe American dining. Veloce. Veloce. Yes. Yeah. Okay. New um, York Times. Yes. Um, the rich mosaic of American dining, and they in three Seattle spots made the list, none of which we've been to. Archipol- I was going to say, uh, a- any readers that are listening, raise your hand if you. Haven't been to any of these three places, <laughs> and then go. Archipelago in Hillman City, Communion in the Central District, and Paju in Uptown Lower Queen Anne. Haven't been to any of them. Mm-mm. I don't even know where Hillman City is. Where I never heard of Hillman City. Yeah, is that where Chris Hillman lives? No, oh. I I actually used to know this, but can't tell you now. It's south. Okay. Um, a a, a new spot that appear, apparently is happening. Now, these are tips we got from a winemaker in Walla Walla. Mm-hmm. But Waitsburg is happening, people. Mike Easton is opening Va- Piano in July 22, similar to Il Cover that he had in Pioneer Square. He's going into the former Jim German bar. Then this person told us that Mauro from Asagio is opening something there. Um, and I emailed Mauro at the email address I've always had for him, and it bounced. Oh. So I went out and looked, and his daughter has an email at Asagio. So I emailed her and said, hey, what's going on with your dad? I heard he was opening something in Waitsburg, blah, blah, blah. You know, are you taking over this? Blah, blah. She, she never got back to me. No response. So, too soon. Too soon. We know stuff we're not supposed to know. Perhaps. And then <laughs> uh, I, I don't remember... I think he didn't know. He said someone from Seattle is going into the Royal Block. And it right now is kind of an art house and event space. And they're going to put a restaurant in. So it's somebody new taking over that. And then he told us, and this one shocked me because I don't want them to go if they are going. But Max and Jennifer Petty, who have uh, Eden Hill, the 
pre-fee yep. place, and then they had the Eden Hill Provisions, which is closed right now, and it well might be open now. Opening as a burger bar. Yeah, as Big Mac's Burger Company. Um, but they're opening something in Walla Walla in the old White House Crawford. So I'm going to do a little more snooping around. I also emailed them, and they didn't get back, but that's not unusual for them. And someone else had said that uh, a Mexican restaurant was going to open up in White House Crawford. So, yeah, at the time I heard that. So maybe that, it's going to be Max's Mexi. Ooh, Ooh Mexi Mexiburger. Mexiburger. <laughs> Copperworks Distilling Company is expanding, and this is kind of big. They are doing a new restaurant and cocktail bar in Kenmore, a new downtown Seattle cocktail bar and event space, and a new production facility in Kenmore. So phase one is underway already, and that's the restaurant, cocktail bar, barrel storage, warehouse, and event center in Kenmore. So that's already started. Hmm. So that's big news. Hey, I got one that's not on here. Hmm. Uh, the folks at Revolve. Oh, yeah. Our, our favorite restaurant that is no more in Bothell uh, has the location and the the actual business up for sale. So if uh, if you want to uh, take that over, we'd love that place. We just don't want to take it over. Yeah. Um, uh, owner Dusty Dubois is has pretty much given up on that dream. Nobody has come forth, and she kept talking about a jab program in King County and how you'd have to be almost foolish to open a restaurant in King County right now. So it's something's going on there. I don't know what jab is. But um, so basically right now, she's got a list of every piece of equipment and furniture in there and it's up for sale. Oh, okay. So she said, you know, if somebody's not going to, we were hoping somebody would come in and take it over as a turnkey operation. Gotcha. But it's not happening. So she's selling everything. All for sale. Yeah. All right. And then hopefully she'll rent that space out to something else. She owns that building. So. Yep. Um, annual Oyster New Year is such a big thing that Elliot's puts on, and it has been postponed until 2022. But they are still supporting the Puget Sound Restoration Fund, which is what they always do with that event. They're calling this the Shell, S-H-E-L-L, celebration. It's not just my talking poorly. They're going to do that throughout November. There'll be oyster-centric dishes from week on weekdays from 3 to 5, a special dinner at Chateau Saint-Michel on November 18th. So you can go out to their website. They acted like there was a whole bunch of stuff going on, but those were the only two things on the website. So as the time goes on, they'll probably be adding things. Then okay. Tutabella is also expanding. They're creating a new production facility to support its line of retail products. Again, this is something that happened in the pandemic where you know people weren't going out and they started they had already started having little uh, kiosks in grocery stores and stuff where they sold pizzas and other things that they have so that's going in at 660 south industrial way in soto it's like 15,000 square feet and should create 200 new jobs and open in mid-2022 and we were driving down highway 202 outside of carnation a few weeks ago, and there was a shed with the Tutabello logo on yeah. it. Nobody knows what's going on. Is there? I mean, maybe it's just a storage facility yeah. or something. We don't know. Yeah, that's right. I'd forgotten about right that. Right on the south side of Carnation. Yeah. So that is not where this was going in. So, and then Cafe Campania is back with its cassoulet season, which is always a something people wait for breathlessly. That's, Except for me. 
Yeah, well, it, I don't what, wait for Cassoulet. It was not their fault. It was someone else's fault. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't Cafe Confania's fault. No. I got food poisoning off a cassoulet yeah. one night. And then we it had a, not good. a catering friend who said, it's always the beans. Mm-hmm. So, um, But Cafe Campania's cassoulet is available for lunch, dinner, brunch, and to go. So you can really get your full fill this year. So that's All pretty righty. exciting. Well, let's take a little break, and then we'll come back with the calendar. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by... Esquin Wine and Spirits. Drop by and check out one of the widest inventories of wines from around the world, as well as local and international spirits, all procured by their expert staff. Is your wine collection ready for a new home? Esquin offers monthly wine store storage lockers in a temperature-controlled environment. Visit their website at madwine.com today. This is Katie, and I live in Yakima. One of my favorite restaurants is Carousel Restaurant and Bistro in Yakima. Hi, this is Julie from Willamette Valley Vineyards in Salem, Oregon, and you're listening to the Seattle Dining Show. back on the Seattle Dining Show. It is November, and we've got a calendar full of all kinds of stuff going on, including your favorite, Thanksgiving dinners. Yay! So let's, uh, let's get right into it. you got a wine dinner on November 12th. Tell us yeah, about that. Yeah, well, that's, this is at Semiamu, and they've been doing it monthly. We've talked about it each month. This month, it's that seasonally inspired menu, which is not shared until you arrive. So it's a way to expand your palate. Be adventuresome. Go out there. Find and out what your food allergies at home. Allergies at home yeah. at the door. And this month it's Mark Ryan Winery, and we have a little chit chat coming up about them because we were just visiting them in Walla Walla. Mm-hmm. Um, then on November seventeenth, there's a guest winemaker night at Heirloom. Kind of a guest. It's George Ann Robertson, who is the sparkling winemaker out at Yellowhawk, which is also owned by the same people. Mm-hmm. So, um, but it's a three-course tasting menu with le- yellow hawk white and rosé sparkling, plus the 2019 sparkling semillon. We also visited there, so we'll have more about that later. The full tasting menu is 160 plus tax and grat for two. And then um, during November, each El Gaucho location will feature their pecan crusted brie paired with the white and rosé bubbles. And then on November 18th, Georgianne will be at Aqua with her bubbles paired with oysters on the half shell, mussels, clams, clams delicata squash, that sounded good, and basil and Thai coconut cream finished with apple tart tatan. That's also 160 for two. That's not bad. Yeah, that's a lot for You're two. full meals. I just saw something go by the other day. It was like a wine tasting for $100 per person with some snack nibbles. Uh, I was like, no, 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 oh, no. I need food lot. for that. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's better, honestly, because, you know, unless you sit down and stay and eat, you shouldn't be driving after those tastings. Um, yeah. Also on November 18th at 7 p.m., Cedar Green Cellars is doing a wine dinner at La Coyne in Fremont. There's an amuse, chestnut and foie gras soup, charred celeriac, dry-aged Olympia Peninsula squab, Okanagan bison, 
a persimmon dessert, and it's all paired with cedar green wines. Space is limited, so make those reservations early, and it's 115 per person. And they have both indoor and patio dining. All right, now let's talk about Thanksgiving ideas. And these are just, you know, a sampling. There's a lot more out there. Yep. And uh, we're adding stuff to the calendar all the time, so you can uh, get the latest at seattledining.com. Click on the calendar link. But anyways, over at Aqua and El Gaucho, they're going to have to-go options. So Aqua is going to feature a traditional turkey dinner with all the fixings, $270 for four servings. And El, Go- El Gaucho is going to have prime rib offered at $300 for four people. Wine packages are also available. <coughs> he said clearly his throat. <laughs> LeCoin will have Turkey Day kits. $275 feeds four to six. You take it home. You heat it. You cook it. Uh, you're going to get turkey, whipped potatoes, stuffing, soup, salad, carrots, dessert, and a bottle of wine. Yum. And I hope you get some instructions for that, too. You will. Sure all, you will. Everybody has instructions. Uh, Ethan Stoll restaurants will present much ado about stuffing. Turkey, pie, <laughs> sides, and more. Now, this is a to-go? Yes. Okay. Uh, 13 Coins is going to have an in-house dining for traditional Thanksgiving Day menu, plus takeout turkey dinners with accompaniments for all group sizes. Hearth is offering Thanksgiving dinner on-site, three courses, $55 per person. Now, that's a pretty good deal. Yeah. Uh, items like mushroom potage, Dungeness crab cake, Free-range turkey, braised beef short rib, paperdell and chanterelle mushroom, apple crisp caramel pumpkin pie. Mm, 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 mm. So you got lots of choices there. Uh, the Capitol Grill right downtown is offering an effortless experience. $43 for adults, $15 for kids. Isn't that amazing at the Capitol Grill? Yeah, I don't know what the age... Uh, it didn't. It didn't say. Is. It did not say. They're going to have uh, slow roasted turkey, brioche stuffing, French green beans, beans, yeah. uh, cranberry pear chutney. That's not kind of good. Mm-hmm. Mashed potatoes, pumpkin cheesecake, and you can dine in or you can take it home, and you can add sides if you want. So. Yeah, and I think maybe they're so reasonable because, like, for instance, the cheesecake is an $11 charge. Uh, beyond the $43. Yeah. Okay. So, wow. Yeah. Or making the money. We'll make it up on cheesecake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Always thinking. Uh, Metropolitan Grill is doing a Thanksgiving feast at home. Choose items like prime rib, corbuta ham, turkey, and they will deliver... For a charge. For a charge. Uh, meal kits serve four and include one main, all sides, and dessert. You can add champagne, wine, cocktail kits. Price is going to be anywhere from $160 to $195 plus tax. That's for, for the meal kit for four. Yeah. 
And as you can well imagine, it was the prime rib that was the 195. Oh, and I yeah. think both the ham and the turkey were the 160. So if you've listened to us religiously, you know that every year this, this happens in November from the 24th of November to the 24th of December, there's a thing called Miracle, and it's the holiday pop-up bar. It usually takes place at Rob Roy in Seattle, um, it, and then what they do is they feature a holiday oasis with over-the-top kitschy, festive decor, and a themed cocktail menu with fan favor- favorites like Christmapolitan, Christmas Carol, Barrel, Snowball Old Fashioned, Nice Shot, Naughty Shot, and a couple that I took out because I thought we'd be shut down if I said them. <laughs> And then new this year is the Elfing Around cocktail, as well as freshly updated and renewed recipes for the Jolly Koala, On Dasher, and Santa Rex. Then the same dates, the 24th through the 24th, we'll have Sippin' Santa, the tiki-themed holiday pop-up bar, and it's going to be at Navy Strength, same owners. Miracle donates 10% of all proceeds from the sale of Santa Pants, Christmas Carol Barrel, and Santa Head's signature glassware to the James Beard Foundation, Open for Good campaign to aid the relief efforts of independent restaurants. So that'll be fun. Hmm. All right. Now I'm going to spring one on you here that's not on the Mm, list here. You know, um, we're done with the calendar for now. But like I say, you can go out to Seattle Dining and get the latest on the calendar. In the meantime, uh, a lot of us want to cook at home this Thanksgiving. And we're hearing all about food shortages on things like turkey and pumpkin mix and so on and so forth. So I want to kind of banter around some ideas for alternatives. What if I try to get a turkey and I can't get one? Yeah. Then what do we do? You know, if you're if you're into fowl, you could do squab. You could do the um, Cornish game hens. That would be kind of fun, do a Cornish game head per person. Mm-hmm. Cornish game head. I don't think so. That's too small. <laughs> um, you could do stuff like that. Um, our friend Chef Kevin Davis out in the Yakima Canyon, he, he'd probably go shoot some chuckers for you if they're in oh, season yeah. still. It's probably not uh, hunting season anymore, but chuckers might be available. I've never bought a checker at the grocery store. Yeah, I'm thinking they have to be something wild. That I you... tried to buy the checker once, but they wouldn't let me. <laughs> well, yeah, and you were asked not to come back, ever. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, well, I, I think, you know, that we we are lucky to live up here in the Pacific Northwest where we have a lot of local farms. Mm-hmm. So in terms of trucking turkeys across the country to get to our table, that, I don't think that's going to be such a big deal if you shoot for the local type of turkey, which in most cases is going to be an organic turkey. It's going to cost you a little bit more money. It's going to be a lot better for you. Mm-hmm. So that's a good alternative. I think there's a lot you can do with chicken. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you can get some fairly – those chicken thighs we had last night were very large. Yeah, and they were bone-in and skin-on, but still, they were thick. Yeah, and if you're buying organic, you don't you – don't, there's not a problem with eating the skin. Right. That's a problem when you eat regular chicken, but it's not a problem if you're eating organic. Mm-hmm. So uh, – and, you know, you can dress chickens up just like you do turkeys, mm-hmm. put their little rain boots on them and send them out in a yeah. – oh, no, 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 don't do that. <laughs> but you could do your own stuffing – yeah. 
You know. uh, and there's all kinds of stuffings you can do, and and I don't think we're gonna have a problem getting stuffing. But you know, there's alternatives to a typical turkey stuffing. Yeah, you may not be able to find a box of stuffing. Yeah, but that's probably better for you, anyways. Yeah. If you had to make your own. Yeah, although you could get organic bread and chop it up, and yeah, get organic celery, and yeah, there's a lot to eat. Just to make do. your own stuffing. Yeah, you'll be better for it. Yeah. Maybe this food shortage thing is going to be a good yeah. deal. Or stuff. Patrole sole or stuff salmon, do a rolled salmon thing. Or, well, you know, there, there is ways to stuff salmon with mushrooms. Yeah. That's a nice thing. It's mm-hmm. not, I, I guess, I don't know. I, yeah, I guess you use the right herbs. You can kind of make it a, a wintry mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I just, is. you know, I just want people to be thinking, you know, they're telling us all, make sure you go out and buy all your ingredients right now. Yeah. And, uh, and if you haven't done it, if you, you get cut short, Got to come up with some alternatives. So yeah. be thinking about it. But yeah. but, but again, uh, Safeway that might be a problem. Uh, Central yeah. Market maybe not so much of a problem because you can buy a lot of Cadia organic products yeah. that are going to be sitting on the shelf waiting for people yeah. to come and get them. And PCC, you know, when the yeah. pandemic first hit and things got locked down and the shelves got empty, we'd go into the store and everything would be gone except the organic stuff. Yeah. So we were in heaven. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now I never had a problem getting organic cream. For making uh, whipped cream, yeah, and, yeah. So you know, it's interesting too. When I, the the last few times I've heard on TV when I've been watching TV about shortages, and one of them was pumpkins for Halloween. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were national shows. I, I saw no shortage of pumpkins. I'm seeing them all over the place. Yeah, and so I don't know that it necessarily is hitting us, uh, but it could be. So just good things to think about. I've already ordered our organic turkey. Oh, okay, good. So. All right. Well, there's a little food for the thought, so you have food. And <laughs> we will take a little break. We have just uh, returned from Walla Walla, and so we're going to talk a bit about our adventures in Walla Walla right after this. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by The Canyon River Grill, located in the heart of Yakima Canyon. Experience Chef Kevin Davis's meticulously crafted and delicious cuisine alongside the Yakima River. Extend your stay overnight in one of the Canyon River Ranch's exquisite suites. Visit the website at canyonrivergrill.com for hours and reservations. Hi, this is Bridget. I live in Ballard, and my favorite restaurant is Monsoon up on Capitol Hill. I'm a sailor. I love the outdoors and all those fresh flavors at Monsoon. Ah! Hey, everybody, this is Garrett Swanson, host of Seattle Refined on Como TV. You're listening to the Seattle Dining Show. Connie Adams, we're back. Seattle Dining Podcast. We were recently in Walla Walla, and we set up, we did not set up, somebody set some tastings up for us, and I had said, I want to do things we really haven't done before, because we go over, we try to go over once a year, it doesn't always happen, and of course right now, it's been a couple years. So we really did try wineries that we had not been at before. Lots of new stuff. Which was great, and then we had some wonderful meals, so we thought we'd start off with the wine. 
And, Tom, why don't you tell us about the first place we stopped? Our first place we went is a place called The Walls, which is out to the west of downtown on the way toward College Place. And um, what do you want me to do? You want me to tell everybody how watery the wine tasted? (laughs) Well, apparently you just did. Okay. And you know what? There was a little – I felt a little bit differently than you and your sister who was with us the entire time. So well, it's we'll, funny because we were doing tasting notes and we were coming up with the same tasting notes, but we weren't looking at each other. No, you guys did the same <laughs> thing. And you both said it just – it went in and you, you got a flavor and then it left. And it was gone. And I, I just didn't – I wasn't thinking about lingering flavors. I, I kind of liked some of them. Nothing that just blew me away. But then when you were talking about that, it was like, oh, yeah, I guess that's true. It doesn't linger on your palate at all. So I know they have a new winemaker. We were tasting 2019 vintages, mm-hmm. and uh, at some point they brought us a 2018, and it was a lot better than the 2019 yeah. was, and that was the older winemaker yeah. that's not there anymore. So, And I think the new winemaker had worked with the old winemaker, but the 2019 was that new winemaker's first solo yep. line of wines. So we'll see how that goes, hopefully. They do well. We had other winemakers say, oh, where else are you going? And we say, oh, we were at the Walls yesterday. Oh, one of my favorite places. So, okay. you know, there's a, a, a mix of so emotions don't trust there. Us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or don't trust them. Everybody's palate is different. And that's why last month I was talking about, you know, when we, when we say things, doesn't mean you shouldn't go there and try it yourself because ah, everybody everything. has a different view of things. Yeah. I mean, unless we absolutely tell you, don't ever go there. Yeah. But now that Blackwood Canyon is gone, <laughs> yeah, we, don't. we don't have to tell you that anymore. <laughs> so the next morning, we started out at? At the Yellowhawk Resort, which is the old Basil Cellars. And uh, it's really, really nice. We were met by Dan Thiessen and the uh, sparkling George bubbles Ann. maker, George, what's her George name? Ann Robertson. George Ann. And uh, we learned a lot about what they figured out they could and couldn't do with their estate grapes. And they decided that they're really better off making bubbles with their estate grapes than they are trying to make wine. So they, they put us through about three or four different uh, – I'm not going to say champagne tastings because some were made in the champagne style and some were just made in the bubble style. Forced carbonation yeah, versus traditional method. Right. You know, I, I, I do forced carbonation. I open up a 7-Up and I pour it into a Chardonnay. I get really <laughs> nice. Oh, man, it's so good. George Ann is like retching right now. <laughs> they are doing a white rosé and then a, some, uh, and a red. And then they've got um, the Semillon sparkling. Yeah. And all of them I liked. And I've always liked a sparkling, like a Syrah yeah. that we've gotten out of Australia before. But you don't really see them that often in America. Mm-mm. So it was uh, that was lovely. Yeah. And um, Dan got out the, the boards and showed us all the stuff they're going to be doing with the resort. Mm-hmm. It's going to be fabulous. They gave us a nice tour of the house. Oh, what a beautiful house. Just gorgeous inside. Yeah. Three levels. Playroom downstairs. Yeah. Theater. Theater for eight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, yeah. And then from there, we went to Double Back, and they had a special lunch going on in the main tasting room, which is a beautiful place. It's all windows, and it looks out over the vineyards. But they took us down into where the um, barrels are and the stainless, stainless steel. And, and the concrete they, tanks. And the concrete. First time we'd seen concrete tanks. No, we saw them someplace else, too. Later. Okay, later. Yeah. Um, but they also had those um, – I'd have to get my notes out. What were those? The blonde – uh, casks that they were trying new stuff in. So they had a whole bunch of stuff going on. And then they have built, it was like, a, what was the um, cone of silence room on that one TV show? Get yeah, Smart. Get Smart. It's a completely glassed in room in the middle of all this. Mm-hmm. And you can close the door and it's pretty soundproof. But boy, mm. does the, the Room the voices just ricochet around. Yeah, you had a it wasn't, lot of trouble it wasn't soundproof in regards to yeah. the echo inside. Yeah, but that's where we did the tasting, and we had two wines there, and they were just, you know, they're really expensive, but I'm telling you, they were so good, so mm-hmm. good, both reds. Oh, then we went over to how do you say gross grain? Grow grain. Grow grain. That's right. Which is one of the new wineries in Walla yeah. Walla. And uh, lovely, lovely facility there. Very relaxing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a bed and breakfast there. So, uh, and, and it, the wines were quite good. They were really good. Um, we really enjoyed them. And he did a, a nice thing, and I'm assuming they do this for um, all tastings, but he'd start with one and then he'd bring out two, and they'd be from either a different vineyard or, oh, yeah. you know, and you could do a little comparison. You'd get two at once and say, okay, you know, Taste the difference. And yeah. I thought that was really interesting. I like that kind of stuff. Yeah, he had a what well, he had a cab franc off of Red Mountain and a cab franc out of Walla Walla. And you could really tell the totally. difference on those. Totally different. Man. And they're interesting too because he's the winemaker and I think he's doing a heck of a job. He's a former lawyer from California. Yeah. And she was in the textile and um something other industry, uh, not marketing, but something else. And she's done most of the the look of the place. And it's really, really nice. Yeah. And they got a couple kids, and they just wanted a different life, you know. So that was they great. Got it. Um, well, that, that is definitely one worth checking out. Yeah. And easy to get to. Just going to look it up. Grow Grain, G-R-O-S-G-R-A-I-N. Yeah. We went the next day to Abeja, where I kind of thought I had been at one time, but I think I have never been there. It's quite a place. Yeah. Quite a place. Big resort, lots of uh, little cabin-like places to overnight in. Yeah, and things now that used to be there. by Columbia Hospitality. They run it. They don't own it. Oh, they run it. Okay. Um, and, they, you know, there were like carriage houses on it. Now they're in the carriage house, there's two places you can stay. Mm-hmm. You know. So that was nice. And they... They have a lovely tasting room, and they were um, actually closed that day, so we were the only ones in there. And they set up the table with these beautiful glassware right in front of the fireplace, flowers on the table, and they had um, cheese, and they had a little... They actually did a cheese and wine pairing. Yeah. So they had specific cheeses to go... Because we yeah. had cheese and almonds and nuts and stuff at other places, but this was specific... This wine goes with this cheese, and this wine goes with this cheese. Right. And they met us at the car with um, a Viognier that we carried as we toured the grounds. Yeah. And that was quite a good Viognier. I like that. Mm-hmm. 
Then our midday one on Wednesday was Spring Valley Vineyard, which is a collaboration with Chateau Saint-Michel. Um, so they, 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 they seemed more interested in walking us through the history of the people than the actual Wine. wines. Yeah. The guy who did it, Honestly, I think he must be a frustrated actor or perhaps a retired actor. He isn't that old, but a retired actor. He was going uh, – ultimately, I think there were three tables, but he was, had started with one and then moved to us. And he'd go through on the first round of tasting, the first wine, like the first quarter of the story. Yeah. Then he'd come over to us. And do the same thing. Then he go back to them and go through the rest of the story with the next one. Yeah, I mean, and he had it down. He oh it's yeah, memorized. It was it oh, was yeah. it was really interesting. I learned not so much about the wine. No, we did talk to Tabitha Crenshaw, who is the hospitality kind of person there in events, yep. and she and her husband Jake were the ones who had the Olive Place Market and the Saints and Sinner, and they got out of that. And she, she said, you know, I'm not going to completely say we're done with the restaurant industry because Jake's always got a plan. Yeah. But um, it's been a, a nice break for us and we're enjoying what we're doing. So, um, but yeah, I, none of those wines leapt out at me at Spring Valley. It's not like they were bad in any way. No. But And then we went over to Mark Ryan Winery and that was quite tasty. That was really good. So we all bought a bottle of the Cabernet Sauvignon. It was really good. We <laughs> liked it very much. And they apparently – was it Mark Ryan that's opening something in Seattle, I believe? Yeah. Or Double are. Back? I uh, know. I think Mark Ryan is opening either in Seattle or in Woodenville. Yeah, and, and Double Back's uh, – maybe Double Back's opening in Seattle. There's oh, two places right, yeah. that were have – so I'm going to get all that – put together and that'll be in the november issue so you can find out more about that or i may split this between november and december because we did a lot of stuff so that's the wind up on the wine yeah but let's tell you all about where we went to eat i'm gonna let you talk about the first one because it was your idea to stop there we'd eaten there once before so the first place we went wasn't in walla walla it was on the way to walla walla and it just so happened it was open on a monday <clears throat> so we went to Book Walter out there by Barnard Griffin and in Richland. Uh, uh the other B winery, I don't remember now what it is. Oh. Um it's not a B, it's the uh, the one at the end of the road there. Tag Well, there's a there's something. a restaurant too. But anyway, yeah. so we went to Book Walter. And we went inside, and they have uh, – since the last time we were there, which I think was about eight or ten years ago. Probably. They've done more of a restaurant than they had before, and the food was out of this world. We started off with a burrata that was just sensational. It was beyond just a typical burrata. Mm-hmm. Uh, we really want that recipe. It was served with a sun-dried tomato Sauce of some kind. Yeah. We couldn't even figure out what was in it, and they won't give their recipes out. Yeah. And then what was the third thing on that plate? Well, they did a crostini with garlic salt on it. Oh, yeah. Uh, just killer. And we just – we uh, your sister and I had green salads, and you had a turkey sandwich. Mm-hmm. Everything. My turkey sandwich was delicious. Yeah, on focaccia. Got me started for November. <laughs> 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 it was It was – the the place is called their restaurant is called Fiction. 
Yeah. So yeah. Um, get there. It was incredible. Yep. Delicious. Then we went into Walla Walla and unpacked our bags and took a walk over to the new restaurant, which is where the old pastime used to be. Mm. And this is called Passatempo with an Italian flair to it. Tell us about what you thought of that. Um, you guys both had pizzas, and I got um, a pasta, which I enjoyed. I really enjoyed it, but there was nothing particularly special about it. And I think you kind of thought that about the pizza, too. Yeah. But I will say that when we walked in, I just immediately loved the place. It's, mm-hmm. um, it was fairly dimly lit. There was some really cool music on. I don't know if it was... It's sort of old-fashioned R&B or something. I just I just immediately felt at home. So even though it wasn't like my favorite meal, I would go back there and try some other stuff. Sure. Because it just hit me right. And I thought the service was good. And uh, the next day, I don't know what we did for lunch that day. I don't think we, we had didn't, lunch. Because people were serving us cheese and nuts, yeah. and we just sort of – you had bought some I ham and cheese, food, and we never we got to it. it. Yeah. I ate it later, though. Yeah, we helped. And then for dinner, we went to the Walla Walla Steak Company. And, you know, oddly, since we really hadn't had lunch, we'd just been snacking during the tastings, we weren't starving. And so we said to our waiter, you know, all three of us really want prime rib. What do you, is it okay if we order the large cut and split it three ways? And he said, absolutely, we'll just bring it. And we'll bring plates, and you guys can cut it up the way yeah. you want. And yeah. that was perfect. So we ordered a side of carrots with cumin and some other stuff on that were oh, just yeah, that killer. And then instead of getting the um, baked potato that came with it, we got a, a stuffed potato, which was like half a potato with everything stuffed and rebaked, you know, like they do. Mm-hmm. Um, you tried the Merlot Flight. You also had the oh, Bee's yeah. Knees um, cocktail, which I'd had one time before and was good. I thought that was nice that you could get a flight of wine with your meal mm-hmm. that was, you know, all one varietal. Yeah. So. Yeah. So that was, uh, you know, it's, I like the feel of it too. Dan, Dan went by again and um, chit-chatted and he actually gave us a little sip each of a Sangiovese that's from his property. Oh, yeah. The vineyard's on his personal property. So that was really good. And it, it was something I never think about. He said, did you guys have the Sangiovese with the steak? And we said, no. And he said, it's one of the best steak wines ever, huh. Sangiovese. So I'm going to be checking that out in the future. Yeah. yeah. Next day, we went to lunch in town at Grandma's Kitchen. And I – we'll see. Well, first of all, Grandma wasn't there. Yeah, but she's still alive and working. She's still going. She still goes in, makes her sauces and, and the molles. Um, Manny, her son, was there working all by himself. Like a dog he was working. So it was a bit of a service debacle. I think we were about 30 minutes out on getting our food. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would happen is someone would, you know, a party would come in through the door. He'd take their order. He'd go back. He'd put it all together. He'd serve it to him, and then he'd get to the next party that came in and do the same thing all yeah. over again, but not taking orders in between because he was too busy working. And he was running around a lot, and I just thought it was 
I just thought if he had one more person working with him, it would be a lot nicer experience because I don't like to work where the servers are running back and forth. Yeah. I mean, I don't like to eat where they're running back and forth. He was stressed. You could tell. And and he said right now it's just him and his mother. Yeah. And, you know, good God, she must be close to 90. Yeah. Um, I know it's tough out there right now. Yeah, and they're not finding people, so they're doing it. And the food, we just, we were doing something little. We just got nachos and split them. Yeah. And they were honestly really good, mm-hmm. really good nachos, more you know, better than most nachos I've had. So they do a great job on the food. It's just I'd like to see him not have to kill himself like that. Yeah. Then that night we went to T-Max. Mm-hmm. Which used to be called T-Macaroons? Macaron, I think. It's okay. the guy's name. Yeah. And, uh, and they're in a new location. They're in a new location, a lovely little location. I thought it was really nice inside. It's part uh, of the Coalville. Two floors in the market. The Coalville showroom. Okay. Yeah. So it's an old car dealership. Mm-hmm. And now they have a bunch of different businesses in there, and that's one of them. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I don't remember. What did I eat? You had the duck. <laughs> oh, that's was, right. I had the duck. It was a little gamey for you. Yeah. wasn't crazy about the duck. I had the black cod, which had prosciutto wrapped around it, which seemed like an kind of unusual presentation for black cod, but actually it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. The server said, it's not my favorite right now because we used to do this with halibut, but we can't get it at any reasonable price. Oh, yeah. So we're doing it with black cod. Huh. So um, I thought that was nice that she was honest about it, but I was in the mood for fish, and, and that didn't sound bad, and I didn't have the halibut dish in my mind, you know. And I thought it was pretty good. And they had a carrot puree on the plate and baby bok choy. So yeah. I, I enjoyed that. And your sister got the um, crab ravioli. Oh, yeah. And she really liked it. I, I, I had it, one of those and it was good. It was good. I think as a whole, I would split that dish with somebody, not because there was so much, but it's, it's rich. Yeah. You know, but it was good. Yeah. So, um, and they have a piano player in the corner of the main room. And that was kind of nice. So the piano music was kind of mm-hmm. circulating around. And like you mentioned, there's an upstairs. It's like a mezzanine. And so there were oh. people sitting up there, and that looked kind of fun too. And we came home and had dinner, had lunch at the Swiftwater Cellars. That's right, which we always like. Which was pretty good, yeah. Angela and I split a <clears throat> flatbread that was blackberry and brie. Oh, yeah. It had apricot jam on it. It was just really good. Yeah, and I had the uh, poke. Yeah, and then yellowfin poke. Yellowfin was it good? I didn't ask you. It was good. Yeah, it wasn't fishy, so I think they got it right out of the river there. <laughs> so much tuna right there in Swiftwater. <laughs> um, we also, Angela and I, also got a burrata salad to split because after fiction at Bookwalter, we had to see what else was going on, and their burrata. Their actual burrata cheese was, I think, almost equally as good. So yeah. they were getting a good thing, and then they had a different uh, setup with it. With I, I'm blanking right now. Is there a season on. for burrata? I don't think so. I think you can get that all year, right? Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, so good. All right, we're going to take a little break, and then we'll come back with some tips and tricks. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by... Whistlin' Jack's Outpost and Lodge in the heart of the Washington Cascades Range, where you can go to unplug, reset, and recharge. Stay in one of their refreshed cabins, relax in a hot tub overlooking an old-growth forest, and dine in their full-service Riverview restaurant. 
Find them online at whistlinjacks.com. Hi, this is Kim Jones with the Washington Beer Blog. When we go out to eat, we like to go to Schooner Exact Brewing. They have an elevated menu for a brew pub and a great selection of locally brewed beers on tap. Hello, this is Jeff Green from B&E Meats and Seafood, and you're listening to the Seattle Dining Show. We are back for the ending of the November Seattle Dining Show with Tom Merritt and Connie Adams, and we like to end the show with some tips. And if you've been listening today, we you know we just got back from Walla Walla, so I'd like to chat for a moment about wine tasting. It's a different experience now. You know how it was, you could just drive over to Yakima or Woodenville or Walla Walla, whip up to some place you wanted to see, go in, hustle up to the counter and say, yeah, I'd like to try, you know, what you've got. It's not like that anymore with COVID. Um, you have to make a reservation. Mm. And at first I was thinking, ah, oh, this is kind of sad. You know, it's inflexible. You can't just go do what you want. But what I realized was it, it didn't matter whether somebody set that up for us or we set it. You have to set it up. You can't just I didn't realize that. Yeah, you I can't. mean, I knew that we had someone who was doing that yeah. for us, but I didn't know it was. You have to make it, reservations now. You wow. have to make reservations because they have limited space. They don't want to shove people in altogether. Yeah. Or you know, hustling up to the bar or the counter. So, um, uh, I don't know. I think ours were a little different because they were set up by somebody else. But um, usually, they're they could be thirty, sixty, ninety minutes, and you get a little more personal attention. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find that that's what I like, not that I need attention, but that I want to learn about the wines. And like, for instance, at Abeja, just like other places, somebody would sit with us and they would tell us about when they moved into the building or what they've done with the renovation or what's coming in the future, as well as talking about each wine and, you know, why, how it came about or what happened this year with the, you know, with the heat a couple of years ago. Those mm-hmm. are the kind of things I find interesting. Yeah, you can talk about the smoke and all that. Yeah. yeah. So um, I think that actually with fewer people in there, uh, it was just more enjoyable for me. Um, so I think don't let that put you off. Just just know that you, if you want to do this and kind of make a weekend of something or even a day of something, look ahead and, and make sure you've got reservations because otherwise you might be disappointed. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> well, I'm going to talk about um, <clears throat> making use of all these herbs and goodies you're going to get for Thanksgiving that you may not use them all up. So, uh, you know, pomegranate seeds are really wonderful in salads and there's all kinds of dishes you can use them in. But you have to buy a certain quantity at the store. So when you're all done with what you're using, it's not going to hold in your fridge forever. So go ahead and put them in an ice tray and freeze them, and they'll work for you uh, when you get ready to thaw them again. Uh, Same thing with stuff like uh, marinara sauce, you know, like I'm going to make this turkey bouillonnaise. But I can't 
uh, use up all the marinara sauce. If I put it in a fridge, it's going to go bad. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to pour it into large ice trays and freeze it <clears throat> and have it available. Uh, bread, you know, I want to buy a whole loaf of nice, fresh macarena bread or something at the grocery store. Macarena? Macarena, yeah. That's Ma- not the Macrina dance. Macarena doing the macarena. <laughs> And uh, and I or, or Essential Baking Company or whoever, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, I can't eat it all, mm. so I'm going to freeze it. So just start freezing all this stuff. Don't throw it away. All those herbs you're getting uh, might be rosemary, might be thyme. If you're not already growing that stuff on your patio and you're having to buy it at the grocery store, then uh, keep it around. Can put mm. it in the freezer. Save it. You can use it again later. And I have to say, the nice breads like Essential and Macrina. Mm-hmm. They freeze really well. Yeah, wrap them, wrap them carefully. Yeah. You know, so you don't get freezer burn. Yep. and eventually you will, but they last a lot longer. Plan to eat stuff like that within the next month. Yeah, don't don't leave. You know, they'll tell you, oh yeah, you could leave it in there for six months, but by mm-hmm. then all the moisture's coming out. You're not going to have the best bread. So, and you know, if you're paying attention to Tom, you have already made his Thai basil tomato soup and have that stashed in your freezer. A bread like that with maybe a little butter and garlic oh, yeah. salt next to – or a little – or a grilled cheese sandwich yep. um, with that soup, you know, perfect. A little chili. Great winter, fall comforting things. And it's easy to do for lunch if you're in a hurry. You just heat your soup up and have a little bread or sandwich and – And if the power goes out, just cross your fingers. Yeah. Please, please, but please, But I – you know, I, I got to say I could, I could probably get through about 24 hours before my – my fridge and freezer go the wrong direction. Yeah. Just don't open anything. Just don't open it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. It is time to wrap up our November show. I cannot believe it. The next time we are speaking to you will be in December, the last month of the year. But we really thank you for joining us on this show as well as all the previous ones this year. If you're not already a subscriber to our online magazine, it's free to do so. Just visit seattledining.com and click on subscribe free. Are you crying? My little turkey's coming along. (laughs) See you next month. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to another edition of the Seattle Dining Show. This program is a copyrighted production of Mixed Media and may not be reproduced in part or in whole without written permission of the legal owner, all right? However, feel free to share the link with all your friends on Facebook. Studio equipment for this broadcast was purchased locally at American Music of Fremont Icon. The views and opinions expressed on this show are exclusive to the hosts and guests and do not reflect those of former employees of Bill the Butcher, the Surrogate Hostess, the Beeline Diner, Louie's Chinese Cuisine, the Dog House, the Five Mile House, Charlie's, the Twin Teepees, Ocean Air, Benjamin's, the Madison Park Cafe, or any other lost Seattle icon. Subscribe free to our monthly magazine online at seattledining.com and join us next time for another edition of the Seattle Dining Show.